and welcome to the first episode ever of the Fresh Prince of Podcasts. I'm your host, Mason Hartley. Today we'll be discussing the pretenders and contenders of the NFL, who falls where, uh, the top 15 in my college football playoff, because after 15 it doesn't really matter, the Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, and then there's a huge line in everyone else, college basketball, who's impressed in the first week, and this is the best time of the year, all up next on the podcast. Before we get into the first segment, I just thought I'd tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, the sports podcast will be done twice a week, talking everything and anything sports. Maybe sometimes three times a week. It just depends on how big that week is for sports. Usually talk in-season sports mostly, but updates on off-season sports. Uh, for example, baseball during the winter months. Uh, t-shirts and memorabilia to be announced. I, I even ordered my own bobblehead for Christmas. So, you know, that's pretty exciting. Won't get here till after Christmas, but I'm still pretty excited. Uh, a little bit about me. I was a third-string quarterback in high school. It's a pretty big deal, if you ask me. Uh, I played college football, sort of. I played a year, got hurt, had to had to quit, but I'll, I'll take it. I can drink a gallon of milk in, or chocolate milk, excuse me, in one sitting. A lot of people can't do that, but I think it's a pretty big accomplishment for me. And this has been the worst year of sports for me. really has. Uh, January of 2019, Oklahoma football was blown out in the Orange Bowl. In March, Oklahoma basketball lose to the national champion Virginia in the second round. In May, the Bucks lose to the Raptors when they were projected to win the finals, or basically go. In October, the Braves choked against the St. Louis Cardinals, and the, currently the Denver Broncos are giving me heart attacks every Sunday. So not the most ideal sports year for me. Um, it's getting better because the Broncos are turning that around just a little, but uh, you know, things could be better. Gotta love the NFL season. Now we are going to be discussing the pretenders and contenders of the NFL so far. Now this might be, you know, a little Captain Obvious, but the New England Patriots, I have them at contender. However, I don't think they're as good as many people say they are. If anyone had to guess on their strength of schedule, does anyone want to guess what it is? It's it's second to last. You can't have a second-to-last strength of schedule and be impressed by having so many wins and one loss and the only competent team you play all year you lose. So, I mean, I don't think they're up to the hype. You obviously can win the AFC East being in their division because the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets aren't really Super Bowl contenders. Um, their toughest game remaining is the Texans in Week 13. I think they lose that game. And and they have uh, the Chiefs at home in Foxborough. I think they lose two more, uh, maybe even three. They have to face the Cowboys, which I think anything can happen in that one. I have them going 13-3 and three or 12-4, and four, but I don't see them winning the AFC this year. Um, a lot of people counted them out last year when they went and played an arrowhead. If D. Ford could have just lined up correctly, you know, Kansas City Chiefs would have been in the Super Bowl and maybe even have won it. Uh, the toughest quarterback they have played all year before Baltimore with Lamar Jackson was Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker obviously didn't line up the stat line. He had a lot of turnovers in that game. But, you know, they kept it a game in the second half. If they just wouldn't have played so poorly in the uh, first half, Nick Chubb had a touchdown and fumbled it on the five-yard line. So, you know, I think they've gotten lucky so far. They've had a pretty easy schedule playing the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets six times a year. Uh, but I don't. I have them as contenders now because I think they can go deep in the AFC. The AFC isn't very, uh, very top-heavy. It's pretty much the Patriots, Chiefs, Ravens. And I, I really don't have anyone else besides that. Maybe the Texans. 
I have up there as well. But, um, you know, I don't think they win the AFC this year. I think they go to the conference championship or maybe even get beaten the division round depending on the matchups. But, uh, you know, um, I, I have them as contender right now. The next contender I have right here is the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson has been putting up some insane numbers this year. Uh, 2,000, over 2,000 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, and five interceptions. What blows my mind is QBR is fourth in the league at 76. Um, not bad for a wannabe wide receiver for a bunch of GMs. <laughs> um, the most... Uh, the most amazing stat to me is uh, he has over 700 rushing yards and six touchdowns, and he's averaging six and a half yards a carry. Uh, and he has more rushing yards than four NFL teams, which I can get a pretty good idea of what who those NFL teams are. But, um, you know, that's mind-boggling as a quarterback to have more rushing yards than four teams have with their entire team. So, I mean... That's pretty impressive, to say the least. Uh, their dynamic offense uh, proved themselves against the uh, the best defense in the NFL, quote-unquote. Uh, I don't think the run defense for the Patriots is very good. Uh, it was kind of a tale of two cities, uh, playing the Patriots, and then the next week playing the worst team in the NFL and the Bengals and just coming out and curb-stomping them. But going back to the Patriots game, they dominated time possession and running the ball. Uh they had 210 rushing yards for five yards of carry, and uh, they had 37 minutes of time of possession. That's how you beat the New England Patriots. Um, you gotta, you gotta beat them with your legs. Uh, with a running quarterback and a worthy back like Mark Ingram, you have just the package to do that. Um, routing the Bengals yesterday, like I said, game wasn't close. Should have never been close. I don't even think Lamar Jackson played the fourth quarter. Uh, there are notable games left. They have uh, they have the 49ers in Week 13, which will be a great matchup. I honestly think it's at it's in Baltimore, but I have the 49ers winning that one. They win the AFC North. Uh, sorry, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh probably be in second place uh, the way they're playing right now. Uh, Baker, it took him a little too long to get things figured out. Uh, the turnovers were a big part in the first half, um, but I have the Baltimore Ravens as contenders. The worst 6-3 and three team I might have ever seen, the Buffalo Bills. Oh, my God. Okay, I understand that 6-3 and three is great and all, but <laughs> three of six wins are to the three worst teams in the NFL. The Bengals, Dolphins, and Redskins. You want to call those worthy wins? <laughs> Go right ahead. Uh, their best win is the Titans at home. They've had a pretty easy schedule. The three competent teams they played all year were their three losses. The Patriots, which was a close game. Um, the in uh, in Buffalo, uh, it was sixteen to ten, I believe. Uh, Bills just didn't have the offense to go against the Patriots. They had the Patriots had three field goals and a defensive touchdown. Uh, you take away the defensive touchdown, Bills get a few more points, and that turns into a win. Maybe, uh, like I said, AFC East is pretty soft, pr- uh, softest division in the uh, in the league. So, yeah, their three losses are to the Patriots, Eagles, and Browns. Uh, the Bills lost to the Browns yesterday off a. Of, Game losing field goal from 52 yards. Uh, Josh Allen didn't really get him a good field position. I know he got him close enough, but you get him into the 40, 45 range. That's pretty much a gimme for an NFL kicker, and they win that game in Cleveland. Uh, instead of six and three, they'd be seven and two. Their their remaining schedule is brutal. Uh, they got to go to New England at Dallas in Pittsburgh and against the Ravens at home. I don't see them winning out. I have them as a losing record from here on out. Uh, six and three as of now, but I have them going about seven and nine or eight and eight. I know to lose six games in the in the last half of the season is pretty hard, but uh, your four games being top contender or, you know, playoff teams, 
it's gonna it's hard to win out or even get a wild card spot with the AFC East being locked up by the Patriots. Uh, there's a lot of wild card teams. Consider about five or six, and I have the Bills as pretenders, and I don't see them clinching the wild card, and I have them losing out. And the last team we have on here for contenders and pretenders is the Indianapolis Colts in five and four. I'm sorry, Tyler Miner, but I have them as pretenders. You need to give Jacoby Brissett more than a year. Obviously, he was injured yesterday. Brian Hoyer stunk up against the the Miami Dolphins. The tanking Miami Dolphins. I understand that you have Brian Hoyer in there, but come on. Yeah, even a below-average quarterback should be able to beat the Miami Dolphins, who are tanking right now, and I can't name a single defensive player on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they've won their five games by an average of four points. Um I, the only Colts game I've watched this year was the Broncos game where the Broncos had the lead. Jacoby Brissett led a game-winning drive, and Vinatieri nailed a kick like he usually does in late in games. But it hasn't been that clutch this year, to say the least. But uh, they've got a tough schedule ahead, uh, especially with Houston in their division and Houston just streaking and firing on all cylinders the last couple weeks. Um, they've got to go to New Orleans, and they've got to play at Houston. Um Record can be deceiving. Uh, like I said, winning five games by an average of four points, you know, those are those are one, two plays away from going the other way. Uh, they're easy wins or quote-unquote wins, and that turned losses were the Chargers and the Dolphins. Um, I understand Chargers week one. I, I give a little more leeway on that. It was Jacoby's first start or first start of the year. I don't. I think he started before. Yeah, he has. Um, but, you know, they had to get it all figured out, but you lose to the Dolphins. I want to give them that, but, I mean, I guess it'd be hard to have your star receiver out, your star quarterback out. Their defense has been banged up a majority of the year. I see them making the playoffs. I can see it uh, as a wild card winning out because about they only have about two or three uh, tough games. Uh, but I see them as a wild card team again, just like last year. Uh the conditions in Arrowhead last year weren't ideal. Uh, Andrew Luck, he played a solid game, but um, you know, I just don't see I just don't see the Indianapolis Colts uh, getting far in the playoffs this year. Um, I see them as a wild card team, if anything, uh, maybe winning the wild card round and going to divisional. But other than that, I don't see them as anything but pretenders. It is now time for my favorite segment so far, listing my top 15 college football playoff teams. Let's do this. All right. I have at number one, I have the LSU Tigers. Huge win over Bama on the road. Uh, it was a great, greatest, greatest game of the year so far. Uh, Joe Burrow uh, is the Heisman candidate, and it's not close. Uh, I have him winning the Heisman as of now. And this comes from an Oklahoma fan who thinks Jalen Hurts is the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, I also have him as the number one pick in my mock draft. Uh, this will be coming to you on Thursday or Friday, my mock draft. Uh, top 30, the first round I'll have uh, out on Thursday or Friday. Unless they lose, I have LSU locking up the number one seed in the college football playoff. Uh, they're just too dominant. Um, I don't see them losing a the game. They have a pretty easy schedule uh, finishing out, but um, I have LSU at one. I have Ohio State at two. Obviously, getting jumped by LSU was inevitable, beating the number 
I think uh, Alabama was the number three team going into that game Saturday. But um, Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins are probably the best one-two duo, if not the best one-two duo in the uh, in the uh, college football playoff. Um, Chase Young, that NCAA thing, you know, suspending the kid four games for flying your girlfriend out to see the Rose Bowl. <sighs> Come on, NCAA. Yeah, I would say you could do better, but I'm not quite sure you can. Uh, what a corrupt pieces of crap you are. All right, so they got some tough games coming up. We'll see how good they are. They curb stomped Wisconsin, a huge statement win for them, blowing out Nebraska, but they have some games coming up against Penn State and at Michigan. Um, I see them winning both. Uh, Big Ten, I I need to look more into that to see who they might play in the Big Ten title game, but, um, you know, I have Ohio State winning out. Now, after one and two, it gets a little tricky. Um, you know, I have I have Clemson at three. I hate Clemson more than the next guy because I don't I don't think they're that legit. But um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you talk about a sophomore hangover. He's had sloppy sophomore seconds, and if we know anything about sloppy seconds, they're never good. Uh, he has 23 touchdowns, eight picks, 2,300 yards, and a QBR of 84. I mean, great—not great numbers, but uh, for a guy that was supposed to be the number one pick coming out of last year, or even you know this year, I'm not quite impressed. I, I'm really not. I've seen him play in a couple games. Saw the end of that North Carolina game. Um, you know, I just don't think he's that good. Travis Etienne is the best player on that Clemson team. Uh, 1,200 rushing yards, 13 touchdowns. 8.9 yards per carry. He's almost averaging a first down a carry. I have Clemson only being good because of Travis Etienne. Next. Yeah, after three teams, or after Clemson, teams start falling off a cliff, in my opinion. Uh, I have Georgia at four. They had a pretty easy win over Missouri last weekend. Uh, a huge test this Saturday against the Auburn Tigers. Um Bo Nix, I have them and I have the Auburn Tigers winning that one. Uh, Georgia won't be there for long. Uh, two loss SEC team, it, it won't look good. Uh, Georgia, Georgia being in the playoff is just lucky. Uh, that loss at South Carolina was terrible. Uh, they played awful. From through, I think three picks, two, two uh, all three to the same guy, I believe. Um, I watched that, uh, watched that game with Grant North, uh, but you know. Uh, I, I have Georgia at four. Alabama at five. I didn't know how far the committee would drop them, uh, losing to the number one team, essentially, in tomorrow's rankings. Uh, I don't see them dropping one. I see them dropping two. Uh, you call it tank for Tua. I call it more like terrible Tua's. He is not good. I understand you have so much talent around you. <sighs> Having duty, Henry Ruggs, Najee Harris, you know, I don't think two is that good. If the Broncos drafted him, I think I might just, you know, go egg Denver Broncos headquarters because I don't think he's that good. I don't. That defense has given up five and five point nine yards per carry in co- or five point nine, yeah, five point nine yards per play in conference. Not an ideal Saban team. Uh, they were so undisciplined on Saturday. So many penalties. Najee Harris is not Josh Jacobs. Najee Harris is good. He's not Josh Jacobs. That's why their offense kind of took a standstill in the first half. Um, Alabama has the best receiving core in the country, though. That's why two is so good. That's why he has so many yards, so many touchdowns. They are so talented. I have Oregon at six. Um, Justin Herbert's having a little bit of an underrated year as quarterback. Uh, 2,300 yards, 
uh, 24 touchdowns and only two picks. Uh, but bad news, you're playing in the worst conference in America. The Pac-12 is absolutely awful. Um, I, th- I can think of three good teams, and then it drops off after that. After six, it doesn't really mean much. But at seven, I have Minnesota. Row, row, row your boat. Huge win for P.J. Fleck in Minnesota against Penn State on Saturday. Uh, they played an overall great game. Almost lost in the fourth quarter, but uh, it was a great win for Minnesota. One of the biggest wins in uh, their program in a very long time. I have Utah at eight. Uh, you, you play in the Pac-12, though. You won't be there for long. Uh, they have a game at Arizona um, to where, uh, you know, I think they lose that game. They won't be there for long. Even if they play in the Pac-12 title game, they'll lose to Oregon. Uh, I have Utah at eight. Penn State at nine. I don't know how far the committee will drop them. Uh, but only losing by seven in that environment, one of the biggest games in Minnesota's uh, Minnesota's uh, decade. Um, you know, only losing by that to an undefeated team. Not the worst thing in the world, but you're still going to have to drop uh, four or five. I have 10 in Oklahoma. Mike Stoops, is that you? And yes, I just banged my desk. That, that was atrocious. That's the worst game I might have ever seen an Oklahoma team play in the second half. Scoring seven points. You want to blame that on the defense? You scored seven points in a half, and you're supposed to be the best offense in the country. Miss me with that. You're at 10. You're lucky I didn't drop you more. 11's Florida. A two-loss team at 11. That tells you how deep this year's playoff pool is, or quote-unquote deep. I Obviously, a two-loss SEC team is you know not terrible, but uh, you know I don't have Florida that high, in my opinion. Baylor, an undefeated team who squeaked by almost every team they've played. They've had close games week after week. Um, Oklahoma has to go to Baylor. Uh, I, I see Oklahoma winning that game and, uh, hopefully Oklahoma moving up in the rankings, but if they play like they did again, uh, again, Saturday, you know, I don't see it happening. Uh, 13, I have Auburn. Uh, their only two losses are to Florida and LSU. Uh, solid team. Uh, they have a huge opportunity, uh, this Saturday against Georgia. Um, you know, I, I still have Auburn winning that game. Solid team and a young quarterback with Bo Nix. Bo Nix is learning. Um, but you know, uh, he's starting to get the groove of things. Wisconsin at 14, Jonathan Taylor's Heisman campaign has come to a halt. They are not, they're playing some good teams and, uh, that offensive line isn't holding up and Jonathan Taylor's production is getting limited. And at 15, I have Wake Forest because bold prediction right now, Wake Forest beats Clemson on Saturday. Yes, it's at Clemson. Yes, they are number three, but they have not played anyone all year. Texas A&M gave them a game, and Texas A&M's absolutely awful this year. Uh, I have Wake, Wake Forest at 15, and if they if they have one of their biggest wins of program history on Saturday, I have them move. If Wake, if Wake Forest wins on Saturday, they will move up quite a bit because, uh, you know, Clemson being three. Um, now I'm going to talk about the Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, and everyone else. They're basically all everything NBA. Clippers with load management, uh, not getting Paul George or not having Paul George for the majority of the first half. Uh, Kawhi Leonard sending out majority of games doesn't it doesn't give away from the fact that the Clippers are still the best team in the NBA. Uh, they were good. They gave the Warriors a series without Kawhi and without Paul George. They are so good defensively. Doc Rivers is leading them to a to to what will be a great season, um, even without Kawhi and without Paul George some nights. Uh, I have Clippers at number one in my power rankings. The Lakers are coming on. The Lakers are coming on. Last night, uh, not an ideal, uh, not an ideal loss to the Raptors at home without Cole, without Kyle Lowry or Serge Ibaka. 
Um, giving up 119 to them, you know, probably their worst game they played all year because the other loss was the Clippers, and it wasn't by that much. I think it was by 9 or 10. Nate Thompson quote me on that as soon as this podcast is over. Um, but, you know, I have Clippers, Lakers. Uh, Lakers and Bucks are pretty exchangeable. Uh, Lakers and Bucks play uh, later in the year, and that will be a very good game. Uh, I have the Bucks at two or three, irreversible right there. Um, the Bucks led by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, his, his stat line right now is just absurd. He's averaging over like 35, uh, 15 rebounds and like eight assists in the past five games. He wants that back-to-back. Um, hardest thing to do in the NBA, though, is win back-to-back MVPs um, at, for an individual player. Uh, Harden, quote-unquote, had better numbers uh, scoring-wise. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know, Harden is just uh, – he gets a lot of free throws. He scores a lot. Great score. I just don't think he's a very good team player. Um, adding Russell Westbrook to the mix, Daryl Morey, that was your solution? That was probably one of the worst trades in a very long time in the NBA. The Thunder aren't even tanking now. They are fighting for a spot, wanting to trade CP3 to clear cap room and then get all these draft picks and build a dynasty. Sam Presti got a lot of picks for Paul George, for Paul George and then the Russell Westbrook trade. Um, You know, Sam Presti is doing a great job as GM right now. Um... Russell wanted to be traded, PG wanted to be traded, and he did it. Got the majority of picks and players out of him. Gallinari, uh, Gilgis Alexander, and the Thunder are, you know, going to be not a tough team, but, you know, pretty pretty above average team. Uh, but here's here's why I only have Clippers, Bucks, and Clippers, or Clippers, Bucks, and Lakers, and then the rest of the NBA. There is so much talent in the West but good luck getting past those two Clippers and Lakers because they are just so offensively sound. Kawhi, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Montres Harrell, you know, um, they're just so sound offensively and even better defensively. Lakers, I think, are the better offensive team with uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Danny Green, Avery Bradley, or Jean Rondo. They finally got him back last night, I think. Um, the Bucks are so such a team oriented group. Um, being me being a Bucks fan myself, uh, I've watched all their games this year. Uh, you know, Mike Budenholzer has a good team going. I think we're even better than last year, even deeper than last year. Dante DiVincenzo's come back, had a great role off the bench. Um, but the East runs through the Bucks. Uh, they choked last year against the Raptors. Um, you know, I don't see the 76ers. I see the 76ers given, the Bucks a run for their money, but not probably in six games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, it'd be a shock if it wasn't an all LA Western Conference Finals matchup. Um, Clippers and Lakers are just too talented. If they stay healthy, if Paul George gets rested, if Kawhi load manages, quote unquote, um, I see that as I see the Clippers beating the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I see the Bucks coming out of the East. As much as I hate to say it, if if Clippers stay healthy, I see the Clippers winning the NBA Finals, and I don't think it's close. It looks like for time management purposes, we are going to have to look at college basketball on Thursday. Uh, but tonight is the 49ers-Seahawks game. 
Uh, one of the best games of the year so far. Six-point favorites are the 49ers. I would tell you to pick the Seahawks and pick the spread. Plus six is pretty easy for the Seahawks. I think they either either come within three. I don't think the 49ers uh, – I don't think the 49ers cover tonight. I think the Seahawks cover pretty easily. Russell Wilson's having an MVP year, 2,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, and an interception. Chris Carson is having a little bit of an underrated year, 764 rushing yards and three touchdowns. But the reason the Seahawks are the Seahawks right now is because of Tyler Lockett, the most underrated player offensively in the NFC, maybe in the NFL. 59 receptions, 767 yards, and six touchdowns. Now, that's a pretty good stat line for a guy that you haven't heard of until about a few weeks ago to where – Oh, well, how's Russell Wilson throwing for all these yards and throwing for all these touchdowns? Tyler Lockett is the reason why. And then we have the 49ers with Jimmy G or Aaron Andrews Lover. Uh, 1,800 yards, 13 touchdowns, 7 picks. Pretty average stat line. Uh, Matt, Brieda, Matt Brieda, Tevin Coleman are a good one-two rushing attack. 49ers defense is the best in the league. Don't tell me the Patriots is. The 49ers is definitely the best defense in the league with Nick Bosa, who will probably win Defensive Player of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, I don't know when the last time that happened was, but um, it'd be pretty impressive if he accomplished both. But uh, I'm taking the, uh, I'm taking the, I'll take the Seahawks plus six tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have today. Uh, I will be back Thursday with some more content. Uh, Maybe a little bit of a teaser coming out on Wednesday. See what's in store for Thursday. But until then, you have a great rest of the week.